0: Hello, and welcome to Piecing It All Together. Hey, I'm Randy Woodley. I'm Bo Sanders. This is episode 13, and today we're talking about seasons. Um,
1: Seasons ain't what they used to be, (laughs) Bo. Really? Yeah, because uh, it seems like we have, like, in my part of the country here, where we live, in the Pacific Northwest, well, today, for example, we just broke another record of many, many, many records for uh, heat index and temperatures in the 90s over summertime. Oh. And, and then in the wintertime, uh, it just uh, seems like it's getting wet, M- wetter than normal, which yeah. you can imagine Portland being wetter than normal. And so it's almost like we're having two seasons now instead of four. That's rough on uh, people who are planters and farmers. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: Actually, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about seasons today uh, was because we are coming to the end of these dog days of summer where it's been so hot and dry, and uh, the seasons are getting ready to change. You can sort of feel it in the air in the mornings. I was thinking about how, on a farm, how, how important seasons are and how it dictates sort of what the chores are for the day and what the emphasis is and watering rates and all sorts of stuff. So I thought it would be nice to talk about and then the transition to talk about different seasons of life and faith and all sorts of other stuff. Politics and,
1: yeah. <laughs> and who knows we're gonna get what we're gonna get to. Yeah. Yeah. So we're piecing it all together, P E A C I N G, and we're looking forward to your support and your feedback. So that's how you can help the conversation along. We want to thank all of you who have given us uh, some likes,
0: some shares, some comments, some reviews. It's really helped us in Episode 9 and 10 and 11 uh, to get uh, the broadcast out there. And we're just really enjoying expanding the conversation and uh, engaging some new conversation partners. So thank you for the help in uh, recruiting and sharing and promoting. Yeah. So let's get to seasons. So one of the things that... um, I think about every fall, is, you know, I grew up in uh, the Midwest. I was born in Ohio and raised in Chicago, and then we moved to Saskatchewan, Canada, for high school. In my adult life, in different places I have lived, whether it's been Northern California for college or upstate New York uh, for my early days uh, after college and now out on the West Coast, seasons just vary so wildly, depending on what region of the country you're in, but It always, um, I'm very aware, especially because of my profession, that it also changes the mentality of people. Absolutely. And so, for instance, I always joke in LA, you know, in LA, probably 90, 95% of the days are exactly the same. Hmm. I mean, there's only a little bit of variation, but it ends up affecting the mentality of the people because there's an expectation of consistency and predictability. And so... You know, depending on what your hobby is in California, you can do it almost whenever you want. Mm. Versus other places in the country that I've lived, um, depending on what you're into, like, for instance, if you're into mountain biking, you live in upstate New York, you know, for six months out of the year, you cannot do it. So you, you know, whether you join a gym or you, you know, go for trail management or whatever it is, but you're waiting for the thaw. Right. And there's a... Almost a spirituality or a
1: mentality that is impacted by the actual environment. Absolutely. So, I I also grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan. Um, Sorry to hear that, Uh (laughs) (laughs) though. Michigan's a great place. Well, I'm from Ohio. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's an old rivalry between Michigan and Ohio State, in case you don't know about that. I grew up thinking Uh, that a Buckeye was a hairless nut and that that was uh, uh, Woody, the uh, coach. uh, Oh, no, I know anyway yeah uh, we're we're not we're not doing sports I'm, I'm not really the, yeah. the the you know bro talk guy I no, don't know anything no. about
0: sports or <laughs> anything like that but
1: All right. um, sorry
0: you you were saying about Michigan I apologize
1: yeah so so Michigan had this wonderful you know four seasons you had your your cold cold snowy winter and then a thawing spring and then a a nice a warm summer and then a really really nice fall. And where the leaves changed and people would drive around different places. They'd all go up north to watch the, the real different changes of the leaves. And so I grew up with that. But then I had a contrast in a couple different places. I, I grew up uh, um, in Michigan with those four seasons, but then at one point in my life I lived in Colorado which gets over 300 days of sunshine. And so they would oh. get uh, four seasons, but it would be sunshiny all the time. I noticed that affected the people. They're outside a lot more. There's a lot more activity. I also lived in Kodiak, Alaska, uh, where I was affected, as many people were, by uh, SAD, seasonal affect disorder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got depressed, just like a lot of people do. Uh, Alaska has a high suicide rate. I yeah. think it's uh, yeah. part of it's attributed to that. Because uh, there's just not a whole lot of sunshine that goes on, and in fact, there was in Kodiak. They say there's really only about one month of the year where where it's just beautiful, and and, and that's like August, September, and that's about it. Hmm. Uh, the rest of the time, it's dark and rainy, and and uh, people do a whole lot of drinking. So, oh, yeah! In fact, the bars were open 23 hours a day. They close between 4 and 5 to clean up, and then they're Whoa. open again. Yeah. So, Whoa. So uh, lots of different uh, ways we live according huh. to season. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it does affect us uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, stress-wise, everything else. So. I,
0: when seasons became a real issue for me, and I, I don't want to talk a little bit about just what life on the farm looks like in the coming months as the seasons change, but I wanted to tell you why seasons, why it's such an important topic to me. So when, about 15 years ago, uh, the the church I was a part of in East was experiencing some real, it was just in a great uh, time in its life. We were seeing lots of people, new people, lots of uh, restored relationships, even some physical healings, like some, some miracles. And so we called that, you know, like a season of revival. That's right, the language that was there. And at the time, I was listening to uh, the weekly sermon from this church, this big church in Redding, California. And I had gone to college in Redding, California, so I know, like, there's two seasons. There's blazing hot and rainy season. It's a couple Mm -hmm. months, but it's just two seasons, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like the full four that you get some places. And I was listening to this famous pastor, and I would listen to his sermon every week. And then he um, started preaching about how he wanted the church to be in a time, he he called it perpetual harvest, where we only experienced the good things, but all the time, and we never had an off-season or a down-season. And I remember the moment of me thinking, wait a minute, but that's not how creation is set up to Mm -hmm. work. It's probably an odd breaking point to, like, you know, separate yourself from something that had been really influential and meaningful in your life. But it was just one of those moments where I realized that's like a factory mentality, right? That's a mechanistic, it's very modern. Yeah. Yeah. To be, it's like saying, you know, we're going to do, uh, it's a production line. We're going to do production. We're going to be productive 24 hours a day. We're going to have people come in in three shifts. We will never take time off. We'll never have downtime, right? It's, that's not how we're designed it doesn't incorporate sabbath it doesn't <coughs> it doesn't recognize winter and fallow seasons uh, the, maybe even the rotation of crops around the fields that's prescribed in the hebrew bible i mean there were so many things it just it like uh, it violated my sensibilities it offended me actually yeah, yeah. and and i really i know it's such a weird reason to get kind of disillusioned with somebody who had been you would really looked up to, but it was one of those things where I just realized, wait a minute, that's not how
1: this is d- set up to work at all, and it really put me off. And yet, modernism has set sort of everything up yes. in that mechanistic age, even schools now that uh, go all the way through the year and you don't get a uh, summer break. Yeah, so the, they used to, you know, originally I think people got off the summer was to for harvest, harvest and yeah. uh, you know, for sure. For planting and yeah. growing crops, and we're no longer an agrarian society by and large. Yeah. So, yeah. So this this balance is really important. It's important in our lives. But it's also important to realize how far away we've gotten from what is natural. We like to think of ourselves as natural, and yet we're not living according to a natural rhythm. There, right. there is a circadian rhythm that our body responds well to, and most of us aren't living that, including myself. You know, it's really tempting. You know, I've looked into studies.
0: I used to have insomnia really terribly. And um, so one of the great things about having insomnia is, like, you're up in the middle of the night, so you do, like, research on insomnia. (laughs) And um, it's ironic. But one of the things, you know, you figure out is there are lots of little tricks. Like, you have to think about what you take into your body starting at about noon. Like, if caffeine affects you or, like, so you got to start... Weaning off of that in the afternoon. So, but what are you going to do when you get an afternoon lull, right? Mm-hmm. When you hit the start getting a wall, well, how are you going to get some energy if you don't? Because if you drink the caffeine, then you're not going to sleep that night. You should start thinking about evening activities. Like the more blue light you take in, like from screens, there's something about in your brain, it doesn't have that natural effect that when the sun goes down, your body starts producing certain chemicals, right? right. There's yeah. a whole 24 hour thing you got to think through that we were made to be. In line with. And that when you align yourself with it, your body actually does a really great job at responding. I mean, it has so many knock-on effects that, you know, three and four days later, you're still uh, benefiting from having a good sleep. Your body heals. You get restored. You have clarity of mind. You have all stuff. When you, in the opposite way, when you don't um, recognize those rhythms of life then you suffer for it. And so many things that we're seeing in our society, whether it's uh, between people, it's interacting with the environment, even in our economy, our satisfaction with work, right? So many things. um, It's because, at least partly, that we fight against our natural rhythms all the time and we supplement them whether it's with screens or caffeine or whatever it is um and for you know so many different things so are all
1: artificial uh, totally artificial so so if we want to reset um in a way that uh um, would be more in line with the the natural uh sort of way that creator gave us to live then then it means changing some things about our lifestyle mm-hmm. and uh, man, it's just very difficult in this society to do that. Yeah. Um, so, so think about the, the indigenous people in this continent who lived here before they lived according to seasons. So I know my own people, uh, our Kitua people, uh, we celebrated certain, uh, things. So on a daily basis, um, uh, I don't know how late people stayed up back in the sort of pre-colonial days, but I know that, um, so I've had elders tell me, for example, our morning song, we would all go down to the, on the mornings, uh, the, the village was supposed to, the men would go to one place at the river or Creek and the women to another and, and they would all have their morning ceremonies. And, and I heard an elder say, you know, when that sun reached the top of those mountains, that's when you begin singing that morning song. Well, uh, knowing the Blue Ridge Mountains and when the sun comes up that 's about nine o'clock in the morning, so maybe they stayed up late i 'm not sure but but and then they they lived according to um, the, in a sort of a macro managed way um, according to um what would produce at that time so uh in the summers you planted you had harvest festivals you had green corn ceremonies you had mm-hmm. other things that would uh mark that season and it went according to moons right and then in the winter time you would uh just before winter you would uh, um, uh go hunting and set uh, burn fields and make sure that uh you know, that uh, the animals would come there as the new grass would start to grow up and then go, go hunting there. And, and so um, there is this sort of like big picture way of managing this and everyone lived according to those seasons. Today, we box ourselves in houses that hardly let the light in um, we, uh, so, that, so that we can't watch the sun and follow it with our bodies anymore mm-hmm. if we're inside. Um, we create our official lights, of course yeah. and uh, and then we we think that the time to rest is when we have a vacation um, and and so we 're all messed up, yeah. um, No wonder the world is kind of such a crazy place because yeah. each of us is sort of contributing to that,
0: yeah. So three uh, sort of uh, activities or disciplines that I have experimented with in the last couple years that I, and I've invited other people to participate with me and, um, and I've seen a lot of good response from, uh, one is this old, uh, Jewish idea that a day begins when the sun goes down. So it's sort of a different way to think about it is like if you, what you want your Monday to look like starts Sunday evening. So when that sun goes down on Sunday evening and you start thinking like, you know, about Monday and you're preparing for that, it changes, you know, like what, how much you drink, it changes if you veg out and, you know, whether you're surfing or watching Netflix or whatever, laying out your clothes the next day, all sorts of stuff. If you, it's just a mentality that says that, that you roll back the clock and instead of going by the numbers, like that that uh, the new day starts at midnight, mm-hmm. you roll it back and it starts at sundown. So that's sort of an old Jewish idea that, mm-hmm. that people who have done it as an experiment have seen a lot of, of good come out of it.
1: So I thought that was an, one interesting experiment we did. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my brain around how that would work. But okay, well, that's, that sounds like it's worth thinking about. Yeah.
0: The second one is just a really old one called Sabbath. Sabbath. Which is that one of the days of your week should be very different than the other six.
1: Yeah, we practice that.
0: Yeah, that you don't have to be productive every day. In fact, by honoring that, you're actually, and this is, I mean, I'm not doing it to be more productive. I'm doing it because based on the principle, but you are more productive in the other days when you give yourself a day of rest. Yeah, But so, seven days of productivity will just wear you down.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, so uh, oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, my wife and I started saying, you know, we would take Sundays as our Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. So what we said was, well, we won't do anything that we don't want to do on Sundays. Unless, you know, there's times when people come in mm-hmm. and things like that. We're not going to be rude and tell people they can't come over or anything like that. But basically, we try to... To carve out our Sundays, and our kids know that too, yeah. so that um, we we just do what we want to do. So we have it's like a vacation every week, right? right. So, and okay. uh, and of course, um, you know, um, the, we just enjoy ourselves. We uh, you know usually have a brunch instead of a breakfast. We definitely don't go to church because that's not fun. So uh, <laughs> so. Uh, we, we we do all kinds of things that w- that give us life and uh, that don't drain us so much, and it's been wonderful. I I would challenge people out there to yeah. to start doing that and if you haven't done that. Yeah. Find that one day that you can just say I'm not I'm not doing anything I yeah. don't want to do.
0: Yeah, day for yourself. And then the third and last thing that I have uh, experimented with, and and some people have joined me, is taking um, breaks from technology, and so little things like I know some people who uh, have bought into this idea that you have to, when you plug in your cell phone at night, plug it in in the other room, don't have it by your bed, that even just having it there, whether you have, you know you check it three or four times or you don't check it at all, but it affects the actual the brain patterns of rest. So just put it in a different room, just having it in a different room where you don't have access to it, or actually turning it off, physically turning it off so that it's not going to interrupt you with, you know, an emergency or whatever. Uh, But for some of us, it's social media and saying, like, you know, this this month I'm going to be off. I'll suspend my account. I'm going to be off for a month. And just getting out of that rhythm of constantly checking Twitter or Facebook, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they actually – there's some hilarious studies about how they have – Engineered the way it reports to your likes or you know, all your statistics, it actually is designed for maximum satisfaction for your brain right. and. So to deny yourself that for a month and just cleanse, Mm -hmm. it actually resets some of the
1: patterns of your, the rhythms of your brain. Yeah. Is that something you could do on your Sabbath as well? Just uh, to say "Mm, no no social media today? I have a friend who has
0: a, uh, he he calls it uh, no cell phone Friday. I think it's a no phone Friday. That's what he calls it. And so he just takes a break from his entire phone, including social media, all day Friday. It really works for him.
1: Huh. So um, I, I think there's another th- another way too to maybe think about this, and um, because I think the sun is so important to this this thing, and the darkness, um, there is very few there are very few places that are left now that that are are not dark, right? Huh. So we have this uh, artificial light all over the place. There's actually maps you can go online and look at and and see that there's very few places in the country where there's not some kind of artificial light, man made light showing. And, um, and so I was just recently in uh, New Mexico and one of the things that I was really enjoying was going out at nighttime. We were at a place where there were very few lights and Mm. just seeing the stars and, um, you know, um, I thought, you know, I, I, I I was tempted, but I didn't, but probably because of my bad back, but to, to just sleep outside Mm. because, there's a whole different feeling when you are outside and and connecting with that rhythm than uh, the artificial rhythm that we have created in mm. order to maintain a modern industrial society. Mm. Um, and then this uh, technology thing is uh, it just you know it, it is um, complicated things even more, especially for youth um, and the, the 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 kinds of addictive behaviors that come often so young now. Mm people getting addicted to screen technologies. And uh, I know about an incredible organization um, called uh, Youth Unplugged that's going to be dealing with that very soon, but oh. I don't think they've actually come out yet to, oh. to announce. Uh, but, you know, people might watch for that Youth Unplugged if you're especially concerned about your uh, young uh, children and and the way that uh, screen technology is affecting them.
0: Well, when they're ready to announce, we'll have to have them on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, be and a great show. <laughs> You know, when I was in Montana, uh, one of the things that always strikes me there is it's one of the few places I ever go in a year that doesn't have streetlights. Now, if you were in town, obviously there's streetlights, but where I am is out way out in the country. And it's just amazing when uh, there are no streetlights. I know this sounds so elementary, but I can't believe how much you can see yeah. without streetlights. Yeah. Because the difference is in grays and greens and blues and right you can it's amazing what your eyes can focus in on and notice and it's really subtle and if you don't ever get away from streetlights you never see it yeah it was
1: amazing yeah and think about that's got to be affecting our bodies and mm-hmm. our eyes you mentioned but you know the eyes are connected to all the rest of the parts and uh, so- somehow I think a lot of the maladies maybe that we mm. have are, are somehow connected to this, uh, this idea of uh, manufactured seasons. And so, you know, I, I think we've got to resist it. Mm. I, I think for our own health and for the health of our families and our children and for the health of our nation, it's a, it's a good thing to begin to look at alternatives. And so I'm yeah. glad we were able to talk about this. Yeah. So the last two things I just wanted to
0: mention is I really think that the mentality Behind this, this whether you call it a factory mentality or a, a mechanical, whatever you want to call it, of constantly being productive with no downtime and no uh, off season, no fallow like winter. In the end, it depletes our psyches, our souls, our relationships, our even our physical body or of our energy. It's just not healthy. It's not the way whether you want to say we evolved or we were designed either way it's not compatible and it comes from a really an industrial mentality uh whether you you know look at the 24-hour clock or even the stopwatch you know that was made for workers how fast can you make this part and move mm. on to the next one um it's a really interesting story about the person who who designed um timing workers and just and and that robotic uh, expectation of, of productivity, yeah. it really, it's wearing on our society, it's wearing on our families, it's wearing on us as people and our relationships. So I just wanted to bring it up because uh, I noticed on the you know the way down here um, that you have some apples that are coming in mm-hmm. uh, for harvest. So I just wanted yeah. to ask... What what does it look like in the fall to change, uh, w- what kind of planning do you have to do uh, for that harvest? I mean, do you recruit other people uh, to come and help? Do you just set aside bigger blocks of time? Uh, what are you going to do? Because when this stuff is ready for harvest, there's, there's a lot of fruit and vegetables out there.
1: Yeah, so we were, we were actually supposed to get a, a couple here this week um, that we specifically uh, accepted to come and spend a week volunteering at 10 days, I think. Um, because it's harvest time, and they just didn't show up. Uh Uh-oh. I've contacted them, and they've never responded back. And so, yeah, that puts us really uh, behind. Um, It's tough. Um, So we we were harvesting uh, potatoes the other day. We harvested berries last week. Um, We harvested uh, potatoes a couple days ago. Um, We started harvesting pears and uh and now the apples are gonna be coming in, and then pretty soon a lot of the vegetables are coming in and so um there everything doesn't come in at once, which is a good thing but but this time of year is sort of critical, yeah and we we really don't have help, so it, you you basically just have to you know spread yourself out as thin as you can and and pull in what you can and mm. uh you know it's it's what this is the time of year we also call canning season, so uh, so oh uh, eat. Puts up, you know, maybe two to three hundred cans a, a year of uh, jams yeah. and pears and applesauce and you know green beans and corn and all those kinds of things that are starting to come in.
0: Canning is a major undertaking. Yeah, yeah. we only do canning for uh,
1: in the fall for Christmas presents, but it's a big production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we eat off most of the oh, year, so. Okay. Um, so that, that ends up, uh, saving us on our grocery bills wow. and, uh, you feed a lot of people too. You, and you constantly have, yeah. house guests. there's, there's always someone here. <laughs> um, but you know, that's part of who we are yeah. to just be hospitable. Yeah. I think that's the, the, like I think I've said before, the hospitality is the first step to Shalom. So, mm. um, so you, you, you have to have food to feed people and yeah. you don't want to ever, not feed them enough for indigenous people. this is our um sort of a cardinal sin is to invite someone to your home, not feed them, and then not feed them enough right so and if they 're an elder, you should be sending food home with them and so all of those are sort of rules that we 've tried to live by mm. um, yeah, so um mm. yeah I you know we 're looking for help on the farm <laughs> okay, so, so if anybody wants to help
0: harvest uh, yeah. So just to wrap up, I had said two things I just wanted to leave with people. Uh, plant a seed, if you will. Um, the first is, you know, of all of the Greek words for time, two of my favorites, the one we know is chronos, mm-hmm. and that's like chronological time, right. but the other is keros, mm-hmm. and that's more of like a season time, so we'll say... Um, it's hard, like it's harvest time, or it's her time of the month, or it was his time to go. Mm-hmm. Right? We still have it in our language, even though we don't use this word, mm-hmm. Kairos. And so, I just wanted to encourage everybody to take note of when, in the course of your conversations, or if you're reading or listening to something, and notice how time is talked about, yeah. and and especially if it contains, um, you know, a seasons kind of mentality, and just Mark that, that this is different than chronological time and that in the fullness of time, like when an apple is ripe, that's a special time. And so to set it apart, it's not on the clock. You can't time when apples are ready to harvest. Yeah. And so just make a mental note that there are two different, at least two different times happening. Yeah. And so to mark the
1: second one, because it's not as obvious and it needs special attention yeah and, and i have some indigenous wisdom i'd like sure. to leave um, sure. through a story if you don't mind please yeah so um a uh a young missionary was sent to the reservation and and uh, he was walking around and uh, he saw something strange and he kind of squinted and thought well i'm gonna walk closer and and uh, he gets closer and there's a there's an old indian man in his yard and he's holding something in his hands and And that thing is moving. And so he says, is it a dog? What is that thing? He gets a little closer and sees it's a goat. And the goat, uh, every now and then, you know, sitting there as the man holds it, reaches down and takes a a bite of uh, the bushes in his front yard. And so the missionary finally walks up to the guy and he says, "Uh, Hello, uh, I see you have a goat. He said, Yeah. He goes, Well, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, I'm trimming my hedges. And the missionary, this young guy very efficient you know and he he said well don't you realize how long that'll take goat reaches down takes another bite the old man looks at the young man and he says what's time to a goat <laughs> wow
0: yes <laughs> Think on this, <laughs> we are so glad uh, that you joined us today. Thank you for listening. We really enjoy uh, the feedback, so please let us know if you have any uh, habits, patterns, suggestions about how you have engaged in uh, in seasons in a way that has uh, brought about good fruit, and pass that along to us, and we'll use it on a future episode. If you want to support us, if you like uh, this podcast, and want to support us. Patreon is the way to do it. So if you go to Patreon and look up piecing it all together, P-E-A-C, piecing it all together, we want to thank those of you who have supported us. And we also want you to know that next week we are recording our first Zoom live podcast with those who support us at the $20 level. So if you want to get in on that, now is your chance. We will be posting that on our Facebook page, and on our uh, website, so we would love if you would join us at there. You can join at the one dollar level, the ten dollar level, or the twenty dollar level.
1: Yeah, I think you can just do anything you want
0: too, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's That's not true. just those three, but those are the three of which there
1: are rewards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening in, and uh, we appreciate your support and all that you do to uh, pass the word around and what we're doing here. We're on a journey together, and uh, let's talk.